Welcome to Women with an Effed Up Mind, a podcast by women, for women, and yes, men, we see you too. I'm your host, Miss J, and we're about raising awareness for sexual assault, sexual harassment, domestic violence, and the lack of mental health help in our military. I hope you guys are ready because we're not about just raising awareness. We're also about doing the damn thing. So let's go. Hello, my lovely listeners. Today is not my usual. It is Monday, but some things have come to my attention. Some things I've done more research on, and I can't wait till Wednesday or Friday. That's the beauty of having a podcast, so I can do whatever I want. So, I made a post that there has been officially a bill that was introduced. Uh, it actually originally introduced in 2019. And now it is being introduced by the Senate and the House of Representatives called the Military Family Violence Prevention Act. And it was sent to the Armed Services Committee in March 23rd of 2021. Little backstory, the sponsor on the Senate side is Senator Cinema, has a co-sponsor, Senator Corn. And then on the House of Representatives, we actually have quite a few people, um, like five people that are actually sponsoring this. And it's Representative David Joyce out of Ohio. Co-sponsoring this is Representative uh, Custer, Ann Custer, and she's out of New Hampshire. And as of April, we now have Representative Tim Ryan out of Ohio, Representative Michael Turner, who is also out of Ohio, and Representative... James McGovern out of Massachusetts. Nothing has really been said uh, what more is going into it, but it's to introduce and talk about fixing the problems with like the family advocacy program and having more education when it comes to resources, not only for service members, but also for spouses, which I think is a really big step in the right direction. But the unfortunate part is that there's not enough noise. There's not enough talk about this. And the only reason I even found it about, uh, wow, let's get it together, especially if I'm going to talk about some important things. Uh, so the only reason I found out about this is because of Carry On Podcast. And she's the one that said that, hey, this is a thing. So here you go. And thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate you for that because now I have a bunch of other things that came up. Uh, As of May 25th of this year, 2021, there was a subcommittee on the military personnel hearing, and they called it Keeping Our Service Members and Their Families Safe and Ready, the Military's Prevention and Response to Domestic Violence. Now, before I jump into talking about that, because I took a plethora of notes with uh, watching this, um, if you want to look at this uh, bill, particularly whether it's on the Senate side or the House of Representatives, or if you even want to bring it to your own congressperson to bring it up or sponsor it or be a part of it too, uh, you can go on the congress.gov website. That's where I literally got all of my information. Uh, for the Senate side, it is S.906 for 2021 through 2022, not to be confused with the commerce one. And then for the House of Representatives, it is HR. 2146 2021 and 2022. So, just want to put that out there. If you want to look it up, I will gladly even put a link up on my 
uh, on my website as well so that you can look more further into the details and read it yourself and educate yourself better, especially if you want to email or reach out to your congressmen or women to talk about this. And then if one of these people that I listed are one of yours, email them and tell them the importance of it because it is so important because they're the only ones talking about it. We've been so overrun with all these different things and now it's sitting at the armed services. And now being a realistic and a service member, that's not mission first. So it's going to be put on the back burner like everything else is. You know, and just like how they blocked the military improvement one. That's my fear. So now I'm putting this episode out here to ruffle all the feathers and do the damn thing. And at my one episode, this is me calling them out. Keep pushing and keep fighting for this and to talk about it and educate yourself. So now that I'm going to talk about the subcommittee, the subcommittee I took, like I said, I took a lot of notes. So I apologize if you hear a bunch of papers ruffling in the back. I just want to make sure that I say the what I you know was educated on, don't say any misinformation, so on and so forth. So it was made up of two different panels and it was um, hosted by chairwoman Jackie Spear. And I love her energy. I love how she realizes how much of an issue this is. So even though you'll never listen to this, thank you, Miss Spear. I appreciate you for, you know, putting it out there and doing the damn thing to say it's unacceptable to that this is not being taken care of. Like it should have been a long, long time ago. So the first panel was made up of three ladies. Uh, there was Miss Logan, who's a survivor who talked about her story. And then there was Miss Strong, who's the co-director of Applied Research, Blue Stars Family. And then there's Miss Farrell, who's the Director, Defense Capabilities and Management Team, Government Accountability Office. So, when I talk about these different things, if you have questions, please do not hesitate to comment, to message me, uh, whatever it is. Uh, but I wanted to inform you because that's one of my really big things is that I preach, is that informing you guys on your resources what's going on because a lot of there's so many ah there's so many people that don't know about this there's so many people and that's not okay but it is good that people are talking about it in higher places now it's our turn to also keep making it keep making the noise to keep putting it out there so you know oh with my post that I made about like my random little late night fun fact that you, I'm, I was able to educate some people because some people didn't know about the bill or about some of the things that I've said. So that's the beauty of having this podcast and why I can't wait to tell you is here we are. So let's get back on the subcommittee. So for the first panel, they noted that according to the CDC, which not to be confused with the diseases, is the Child Development Center. This is what they, they said they got their statistics from. Is one in four women and one in seven men experience physical abuse from an intimate partner or spouse. Now, for some reason, you don't know the difference. A spouse is somebody you're married to. An intimate partner is somebody you're in a relationship with. So, let's continue. There was a statutory requirement since 1999 that the DOD was supposed to collect comprehensive data with domestic violence. Guess what they didn't do? Yeah, that's right. They did not do with their jobs. 
And then they go through a series of data that, for some reason, the only years that they kind of spoke about was 2015 to 2019. 1999. 20 fucking years. Over 20 fucking years. We have not had taken, or we have not taken the right statistics on for domestic violence. Now going to get into more details from 2015 to 2019 <clears throat> over 40,000 incidents met DOD criteria 74% of those were physical abuse was also most common within the junior ranks and the spouses and the, they made a good point too I mean because this is just common sense is that a lot typically junior marines are not very uh well into life experience so those junior marines that are being abused marines well I, those junior ranks that are being abused don't have a lick of sense of what to do now because they don't they don't know and it's no fault to them they just didn't have the life experience to know what to do and then that falls into the not having the right resources or education on what to do which thankfully that was addressed in the subcommittee, but we'll get to that. So DOT criteria, and according to the National Domestic Violence Hotline, this is for phys- this is what is considered uh, physical abuse. Now this is not, you know, all of these at once. This is individual things that is considered physical abuse: hair pull, punches, slaps or kicks, bites, chokes, smothers. Provides or forbids, or provides, prohibits or forbids eating or sleeping. Uses weapons, like knives, guns, whatever. Forbids taking their meds. Forbids getting medical attention or calling, you know, to get medical help, like an ambulance. Harms kids or pets. Abandons you in an unfamiliar place. Traps you in the house and does not let you leave. Throws objects. Emotional verbal abuse, stalking, and yes, sexual abuse. These are all things that fall under physical abuse. Like I said, not at all one time, but that they are all considered that. <clears throat> so, one of the questions that was super important and that I continuously ask and say is, if it's junior ranks, then how, how do they know who to call? Why is there no set Really, why is there no set trainings or education to where they can know their resources? Because these junior ranks, it is known. This is the crazy part. All this shit that I'm going to talk about is known problem. And we are 2021. Why is this just now being fucking addressed? For fuck's sake. So, I say it all the time. Education. Knowing resources. Even if it doesn't fucking happen to you, if you're in the higher ranks, you need to be aware. Go out of your way to know these resources instead of when, you know, your junior enlisted or like, what? that you, you act like you're dumb and don't know. And then you're like, well, go ask Joe, Joe Schmo over there. They don't fucking know because they didn't educate themselves. So, physical year 21, there was an NDAA subcommittee. They did a third-party review. Um, re- 
for a domestic violence response to provide the Congress with additional information and independent findings on how things are handled versus, like, everything being in-house and trying to figure it the fuck out. So, there was one of the chairpersons was uh, a Marine Corps vet. His name was Mike Gallagher, and he stated that over the last 10 years, there was 43 million women and 38 million men that have dealt with psychological aggression and that unmarried adults unmarried adults have somehow been a part of physical and sexual abuse and it has drastically increased in just the physical year of 2020 there were six fatalities now to you that might seem like a small number but just one alone is a fucking problem straight up so he asked the question what are we doing what are we actually doing right now within our military to fix a problem that should have been fixed 20 years ago? Because it just has not gone away. Why are there not any big policies? Why is there no training, no education on what the fuck to do? So thank you, Mr. Gallagher or Congressman Gallagher. I do apologize for my... uh not proper terms, as you can say. So then it goes into the survivor of Miss Logan. And she was a army spouse who was an E9. And one of the big incidences was that he wouldn't let her leave. He broke her phone, put holes in the wall, everything. And she called the police. The police, he charmed the police that she did it. She broke her phone. Now, before anybody's like, well, that's not your story to tell. I will put the link in my bio. <laughs> Excuse me. I will put that link in my bio so that you can watch this as well and get the full, very details of the story and listen to it for yourself. I took a lot of these just shorter notes just to get to the point. But she then, while he was at work, took her and her child and went to a shelter. She took the proper precautions. She went to the police, went to a shelter, seeked help. He tracked her location. And went to the shelter. The police only gave him a warning. Even though there was already a domestic call beforehand. And then now she, he's following her. Which is considered stalking. Even if they are married, it is still considered stalking because she went and seeked help. The police called her three different times. Supposedly, his command was never notified of this. Which falls into civilian police and the military need to have better communication. Uh, but that is also later talked about. The brigade family uh, advocacy uh, actually testified on his behalf and his character during a divorce hearing. What the fuck? And they, she couldn't even get an MPO even though she met the criteria. The command did nothing. So she filed an IG report which is the inspector general as she should. Didn't do shit. Then she filed a congressional inquiry. She was questioned more of why you didn't do this versus what she did do. Mind you. She called the police. She tried to file for a restraining order. MPO. And then she even went to a shelter. And nobody did anything to help her. Not a single person did anything to help her. One of her quotes that she said is that fear keeps you trapped and isolated. And it does. 
especially when you're a military spouse, you isolated yourself. You didn't really isolate yourself from your family, but you, you left everything behind to be with that person. Male, female, trans, whatever it is, you, they left. It's just, oh my God. So, one of the things that was brought up is that she suggested as a survivor is that the command of abuse not be able to oversee the case, which I 100% agree, especially now, you know, dealing with my situation to where he didn't get anything. 100% agree that the command of the abuse should not oversee the case. Should be a third party or a non-biased because there's some juiciness that I'm telling you in a split moment. Anger management doesn't help. It's like a joke. It's literally taken as a joke. And I've heard that from so many people, especially in the military. I agree with that. There needs to be proper, on the command's end, there needs to be properly reported. So they need to contact certain people. So I can agree with that. With my case specifically, they didn't go consult an SJA. They didn't consult a prosecutor. They just said, fuck it. I'm going to do it this way. Because they can. Because there's not shit to tell them otherwise. It's just recommended that you do that. And then doing a proper investigation. Yes, ma'am. I agree with you, Miss Logan. Because it's shit. There's no checklist like I've talked about before. Like there is with sexual assault. Nobody's going to get relieved when it comes to domestic violence, even if there's been multiple fucking calls, because there's no policy. There's nothing there. It's literally just handled by that fucking abuser's commanding officer, which is horseshit. So, moving on. Then there's Ms. Strong, the co-director of Applied Research from the Blue Star Families. She mentioned from 2015 to 2017... That 1% reported to being abused. And 9 to 15% did not feel safe. And then just in 2019 alone, 2% reported that they did experience violence. Then in 2020, 11% out of active duty military and 7% of spouses were diagnosed with PTSD. Then we move on to Ms. Farrell, the Director of Defense Capabilities and Management Team. She talked about with uh, better communication when it comes to civilian organizations, like would, if the military can't handle it, like can you seek other places, like out in the civilian, better communication. Um, then, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry for the pause. I was trying to read because, you know, when I jot down notes. So I'm so sorry this isn't super professional, but when have you guys known me to be any bit of professional on women with an f mind? I think that's the beauty of it because I'm raw and I don't give a fuck. Anywho, back to the real details. Sorry about that. So in 2015, they tried to get data from the DOD for when it came to domestic violence. So apparently, when it comes to reporting, there is this option called other. They have no idea what the fuck that means. And that was brought up that, let's see, who was it? So I don't quote myself wrong because it was brought up. It was like, well, what does other mean? Like, oh, here we go. So over 7,000 cases, just 43%. This is what the commands that picked other for when reporting. 
There's, this is why part of the reason why we don't have accurate statistics of domestic violence. The commands either felt that it was not enough evidence. There was a death. Not in the right jurisdiction. And they just don't fucking know. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, one of Miss Farrell's thing was, her recommendations was creating awareness for reporting options and resources. A fucking men, ma'am. Because that is the biggest issue. But even if you know your resources, <laughs> there's not a whole lot. Because the family advocacy program is such a joke and so flawed in itself that, you know, maybe some people do have good experiences. But I know damn well, it's a joke. Allegation screening. The victim risk screening. Commander's deposition on incidents. Limiting their oversight. And then being a decision, being, you know, they get to make the full decision. Just the command without consulting anybody, without doing anything. They can just say, you know what? going to give you anything i'm not going to give you an njp or court martial or just paperwork in general i'm gonna send you on your merry way to do whatever the fuck you want and then they don't even take into consideration how their decision can and will affect victims no shit because they don't give a fuck <laughs> november of 2020 there nobody was even aware that the dod like the dod wasn't aware of the risks with the assessments and the impacts that it has on the victims <laughs> with what they have in play right now and that's because nobody was talking about it nobody gave a shit to think about it because they wanted other stuff to deal with and eh, whatever it's not affecting me but not no more we ain't doing this no more nope so one of the biggest things too is that they did a Q&A one of the things that I took away from that is that spouses aren't aware of their resources just as much as we are as service members Commands don't, doesn't share, the commands don't share resources. Then you've got when, you know, with the abusers, but people are, the the spouses or the service member are scared, especially when it comes to spouses. They're too scared to report because they'll lose everything. They'll lose everything because that's, that's just how it is. That's why a lot of people don't report because if I report on my spouse, that he physically abused me or she physically abused me, then we lose everything. And unfortunately for the spouses, it, it kills them more because they're not anywhere near them, not anywhere near their family. So then Congressman Gallagher brought up a really good point is that they should communicate with off-base resources. Should, and then he, he also asked Ms. Logan, like, what do you say or what do you recommend to charge right off the rip she said absolutely and i am agreeing with that 100 percent. because law enforcement told me because it was out in town that the military will handle it because we're dual military well, i fucked up on that part and then i went back two months later to try to file charges and he told me it was too late even though by law i have up to two years but now they will not charge him unless they keep just going in there and bugging them till they do which that's obviously what I'm going to do because, you know, it is what it is. Now, if you don't file right away, that does not, I repeat, that is not wrong. You are not wrong if you don't report the same day, although I do recommend it, but charging them. If you do not file charges that night and then decide later to file charges out of fear, whatever it is, you are not wrong for that. Because it is scary. 
it is hard to deal with. And you don't know what the repercussions are going to be. So don't think that because you didn't file charges right off the rip that you're wrong. Just wanted to put that out there. Another big problem is the consistency. There is not a consistency among the armed forces. With the Navy, the Air Force, the Marine Corps, the Army, whatever it is, there is no consistency of what this person does or what that person does. Like, you got Joe Schmo Billy over here, and then you got Lance Corporal fucking whatever, and then they had the exact, pretty much the exact same case. Well, if you got Specialist Joe Schmo over here who got nothing, and then you got Lance Corporal whomever, then, and they got NJP'd, court-martialed, all that good jazz, but where's the consistency in that? Because there are no set policies, there is no set checklist of how this needs to go. So that's another really good point that was brought up, is that there's no consistency. Now, what about better communication with civilian programs outside of base, outside of the family advocacy program? I did learn, now this is kind of random, I did learn that you can go off base to like a mental health facility or anything like that without a referral. Now, I do apologize that I don't know about that with spouses. I'm going to assume so if you're in a TRICARE. But as a service member, you do not have to have a referral to go seek mental health. So if you are in a position where you need to go talk to somebody because you're dealing with this, but you don't really want to be on base or talk about anybody that, you know, might be associated with the military, you can do that without a referral. I just found that out actually last week. So I thought I'd share that with you. Another one is that communicating better with the police, you know, versus waiting for it to hit the blotter you know it's some craziness that i heard actually i was told by somebody that's very well connected in the higher ranks i'm not going to mention who for obvious reasons did you know that it is an unwritten rule i don't know if it's in my specific area but it is a thing in my specific area or if it's just like military-wide whatever it is maybe it's just area-wide that if a service member is or gets can how do I word this if they are accused of a domestic violence it is put down as an assault not a domestic violence charge you know why because if you are charged with domestic violence you can't carry a weapon and if you can't carry a weapon then you can't be in the military so there is an agreement an unwritten agreement hell it might be in writing somewhere hmm. but there is an there is an agreement that if a service member gets charged or accused of domestic violence, that it is put as an assault so they don't get kicked out of the military. Yep, spilled that tea for you. And my people that told me this, yeah, they are extremely credible resources. So take that for how you will. But that this, that's a huge problem. A huge problem in itself. Because that's not fucking okay. Because then it just goes to show... Why the fuck are we still letting service members be service members with no repercussions for beating their wives, their husbands, their children, their pets? Please explain this to me. Because <laughs> I don't fucking know. So a really big thing that they just kept talking about was building the community relationships. You know, especially if people live off base. And another thing 
that chairwoman Jackie Spear mentioned is that they should the spouses should give contact information to those people to the commands and the commands need to tell them the resources that they can use instead of you know being jack wagons because that was one of the things that miss logan brought up is that she was not aware of her resources i have people reaching out to me about their domestic violence and they knew nothing they were asking me about resources what they can do where to go who to talk to and i'm just a podcast so why the fuck is this not a thing why is this not a requirement that if you have somebody even with a spouse that they don't know the resources it shouldn't have to be like well they have full capability of figuring it out themselves okay i'm a fucking service member and i don't know them i'm on base and i don't know them because i wasn't educated so i can't imagine how even more uneducated as spouses are when they're not even connected really within the military so one of the things they also brought up was the incident determination committee i've talked about this before and it's fucking ugh. i've talked about this before because i had to go through this apparently it's been instituted all across our the dod the army however has not implemented it and is inconsistent completely inconsistent and i believe it because really what the idc is for is mainly just for determining whether i need to have treatment or my abuser needs to have treatment and then they, you know, with me, because my abuser alleged a month later that I slapped him, they were trying to tell me that I had to go all these different treatments. And then the, how they decide who represents you is totally trash too. So we need to fix family advocacy program, which is what I'm going to bring up. You know how you can do that? Here's one of the things that I never knew was a thing because nobody talks about this too. It's a thing called ICE. Not to be confused with immigration, but it's an interactive customer evaluation, and it is DOD-wide. I thought maybe it was just the Marine Corps, uh, but no, it's DOD-wide, actually. And it's ICE.DISA.MIL. So basically what you're going to do is you're going to go to that website, you'll locate your installation, whatever base area that you are, and then you're going to pick the category in which you're, the service you're looking for, so the Family Advocacy Program, for example. So what this is, is that you file a complaint on how they handled your case, file a complaint just on anything, recommendations. It's literally just for you to complain how shitty they are. And nobody talks about this because it actually does something. It actually makes people question the right people. Like, what the fuck? Why didn't you do your job? That's why they don't talk about it. But my sergeant major informed me of it. So now I'm informing you of it. And again, that is ice dot. D-I-S-A dot mil. If you need any questions about that, let me know. So then, Chairman Spear also brought up, in two th- from 2015 to 2019, 2,100 incidents met requirements, but the command took no action. Why? Because they were afraid that it was going to affect the abuser's work. And being an effective service member. Oh, poor things. Fuck you. Straight up, fuck you. And thank you, Miss Spear, for getting sassy as ever with certain people, especially with the Army, because they had nothing to say about it. And why they don't have an IDC, why they don't have set policies, nothing. 
and that they're lagging even further behind than everybody else when it comes to dealing with domestic violence. Crazy. But thank you, Ms. Spear, for bringing that up. Because the fact that you recognize that's a problem, hopefully that'll be able to spin and be like, that's straight trash. Because it is. <laughs> and I highly recommend going to the second panel and listening to this stuff because, yeah, it's great. I love it, you know. So I just wanted to educate you on some of this stuff that it is being talked about. Domestic violence is being talked about. And there are things that are being addressed. But we're talking the talk. But my question is, are we going to walk the walk? Are we going to do the damn thing? Are we going to make shit happen? Yeah, it's going to take time. You know, Rome wasn't built overnight. Or whatever the fuck that saying is. But now that you know a little bit of information, here I am to tell you. Email your congresswoman, congressmen. Make noise about this prevention act. The Military Family Violence Prevention Act. You can literally, everything I stated, before anybody gets all pissy pants, is public record. I just want to put that out there. You can go watch the video. I spent, it's a long video, I ain't gonna lie. I will send you the link if you want to listen to it. It's very lengthy. But, I highly recommend you listen to it. Just to kind of get your own perspective on things. So that you can educate yourself. So you can talk about it and ruffle feathers with me. Like I said, it's a good thing. We're not talking about it. But it's not nearly talked about or brought awareness like it should be. So that's what we're here for. That's why I made this random Monday episode. And I hope I educated you some. Again, if you got any questions while you're listening to this, please don't hesitate to comment on the post about the episode. Uh, message me, DM me, whatever. But just know, I'm Jay Marie, and I got your back. Women with an f up mind is not DOD-affiliated or any branch of service. We are not endorsed by any of them, even the ones that we serve in. We're just about stating our opinions, talking about the experiences, and just, hell, stating public records. So I just wanted to make that clear because all we're about is making people uncomfortable, ruffling as many feathers as we can, and, you know, doing the damn thing.